Francesca, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Call her the queen around here, but we'll go with Francesca right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to behave. You are, she's behaving, yes, folks. Yes, I'm behaving, it's Francesca, very difficult. Francesca, tell us a little bit about your journey with Jesus. Oh, wow, if you wanted to know it all, you would be here a long, long time. So... By the book, it's a novel, let, several yes, editions. Yes, yes. Just yes. Give, us the, give us the elevator version. So, I grew up with a silver spoon in my mouth. Mark came from the barrio, I came from a home that was not in want, and I was a spoiled child. And I had everything I needed, everything, except that love that yeah. Mark talked about. Yeah. And I sought for that love in every wrong place, and nothing could fill it, in every, everything I sought for that love and nothing filled it nothing filled it and um, when I was 18 I went skiing and I had a skiing accident and I was left in very bad shape and told I would be paralyzed for the rest of my life and I had surgery after surgery and then I forgot about that I um, the doctor said they would never be able to walk again. Okay. And that the doctors were washing my f their hands off me and I was a failure. And with that I left and I threw myself into any addiction that I thought could feel that, that failure feeling inside me. And the fact that I was a young 19 year old by now and I could not walk. And one day a friend came to me and said, I've found the perfect thing for you. And I said, what? A very wealthy, rich man, right? And she said, no, a church. And I said, I don't want any church. <laughs> I don't want God. And I don't want Christians. So then I went because I had nothing to lose. And there I walked into this church and everyone had their hands up in the air and were worshipping and I thought I'd walked into a drug den because everyone looked so happy. <laughs> but they were worshipping Jesus and I saw this happiness was coming not from drugs, not from relationships, not from alcohol, but from a man called Jesus. And I said, wow, this is real. Later that someone came and said, could they pray for me? And I said, sure, let's see if your God can heal me, my leg, that the doctors have told me I will never walk again. Okay. They laid hands on my leg, which had no movement in it, and it was just like a bit of a lug. And suddenly, for the first time since the accident, which by now was over a year, I could feel movement and circulation, and I jumped up literally and started oh dancing. Yeah, yeah. And God had healed me, and I hadn't even given my life to God. So that just proved to me that this God loved me warts and all. And I did not have to do anything yeah. to get that yeah. gift of yeah. healing. So they said, would you like to accept Jesus? I said, yes. You made it pretty easy, didn't you? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So I remember that night so well. It was wow. a long, long time ago. I forgot about that. That's and awesome. uh, I not only experienced God's love, but I, pre pre 
I experienced a supernatural healing. Yeah. And I remember running into my brother's apartment and he looked at me and said, you're drunk, get out. And I said, yes, I am, but on the Holy Spirit. And from that moment on, the Holy Spirit started convicting all my family and they all became saved and went into oh the ministry. Goodness. Now this was in San Diego? No, this was in another country far, far away. Okay, got it. But that's where it started? That's where it started. And then you came to the West Coast? Yes. Okay. And that's where I met you at, at this house. Yes. Actually, I walked I into remember. a Bible study. I remember meeting you because I was there mm. to do worship. Don Absher was there and other people. Mm. Wow. Um, now, before that, you'd actually did some ministry on the streets, right, with, with the poor? Yes. Yeah. Well, yes. We'll skip ahead to that because there was a bigger... After I got supernaturally healed, I got lifted up in that church very fast. Right. And um, physically I had been healed, but I had not been emotionally healed. Right, right. And I came tumbling down. And um, I ended up walking away from the Lord and probably committing my worst sin ever. And that is pretty horrific after I had received yeah, so much yeah grace from a God to be physically healed, yeah. but I was a broken mass. Yeah, but to your point, yeah, there's the inward healing that needs to take the transformation. Right. right, so I had been outwardly healed, and now the Lord took me to this country where we are now, where I walked into an amazing conference called the Spiritual Warfare Conference mm -hmm. of the Vineyard. Right. And God met me there, and for a week, I got set free from every foul spirit, from every addiction, from every wow. fear, and God did it. Yeah. So it was like he then started the most enormous healing in my heart. Right. And then more and more miracles happened, and I experienced them day after day after day. Yeah. And then I, the pastor of a church here asked me to lead a homeless ministry and I looked at him and said but you know how broken I am why would you ask me he said because if it works everyone will know it's Jesus <laughs> and not you and that ministry had the blessing of God yeah. and amazing things happened on the streets mm -hmm. and People got delivered and set free, and it was just an amazing homeless outreach. We had, there was a team of us, mm -hmm. and all the glory went to Jesus because they knew we couldn't do it because right, right. we were a broken team. Broken people helping broken people. Yes, yeah. and God moved time and time and time again, yeah. and we saw miracle after miracle. Right. So Mark covered a little bit how you guys met. I want to fast forward a little bit to the transition because what, what I, I love so much about, about your story is you guys had authentic encounters with Jesus that changed mm. you. And out of that, you know, a love was burst in you that you couldn't contain. You, wanted, you had to give it away. Yeah. And so when I met you, you were kind of, I don't know if you were doing much at that time, but you were at the church and then next thing I knew I was counseling you too. You're getting married, <laughs> and and then you start again. You started moving into ministry. You started yes. just being who you were, yes. and um, and it was just over course of years. But I just remember watching you guys grow and really lead the charge. To um, it was just in you to give away this love you had. So Mexico, like we talked about with Mark and different things. I want to kind of push forward a little bit towards the big move. Yeah. 
because mm. I, I was always so fun because you would come and bug me. <laughs> yeah, I loved it, but uh-oh, oh, she's at my door again. Yeah, she's going to want money. She's going to want to go somewhere. Yep, yep. But I, but I recognize that you know I could either quench this fire or add fuel to it. Yeah, you were really and, good at adding fuel. Yeah, and I, I, I think we had an arrangement where I just said, guys, we'll take care of you two, do what you do. Yeah, you did. And, and then you would gather a team, and yeah, yeah. I just watched you know, a good portion of our church on a regular basis go to the nations. Yeah. And they'd come back lit and excited and impassioned. So yeah. to me, it was just a natural thing. Let's just keep feeding this. And uh, it was infectious. So tell me a little bit about that big shift where for you, you realized um, we got to go <sighs> and it's more permanent. So first of all, I just want to say, Mike, thank you. Thank you for not quenching that. Hmm. Thank you for allowing us to be who we were called to be. Yeah. And that is permission granted. Mm. And we were given permission way back yeah. then by you yeah. and the church. Yeah. And Thanks. I want to say that we as, uh, as pastors today and, and uh, older believers need to give the young that same permission. Right. And I just really feel firmly about that as yes. a side note. Well, you guys have done that well. I've watched it happen when you've raised up people around you. Yeah. We can talk about that in a second, how right. effective it's been. But so, kind of the transition where you realize it's time to go. Okay, so we took teams for many years. And they were all different and all mightily blessed. And mir miracle after miracle after miracle happened. And we truly know, Mark and I, that our God is a miracle maker. And that he opens doors that no one can shut. On our last trip that we took in, God was saying, it is time to yeah. go full time. Yeah. So we came home from that trip. We told you and you gave us a list of what to do. You said, well, before you go, I want to see you do this, this, this. It was just like s simple things like sell your car, pack up your house, sell your goods. You, you, uh, uh, just some practical stuff to help practical you make stuff. Step, yeah. Even get some more marriage counseling. Mm -hmm. um, not we were doing great by then, but it was like just clean up before you do that. And and and. Because I knew you guys really were taking a big good. step. You guys were going to be out there. And that's really good. And actually, that's a counsel we've given so many people since then who've done what we've done. So you gave us great counsel. And we did that. And I remember selling everything and crying my mm -hmm. eyes out. It was getting real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And was this what we were really meant to do? And Mark had this enormous faith, more than I did. And he just kept encouraging me we are to do this. Well, Don't worry about giving everything up. For him, he had had nothing growing up. So I thought, well, it's easy for you. I've had all this. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it wasn't easy but for him. But he was so ready. And he spurred me on to just give up everything for the God, yeah. for God. Yeah. So we did, and we went. And um, gosh, that was so long ago. But... We left, we had a lot of criticism, not from you, but from other people, because we took our three-year-old daughter. And we were told, you are very, very irresponsible, and you are not saving money, and you have sold everything. All the practical and stuff. And all the practical stuff, and you will probably hurt your children, your child at that point. But we had your blessing. Yeah. And people that really mattered to us. People who knew you. Yes. Yeah. But we have 
that unction and the call of Jesus to do it, and we could not disobey him. Well, I'll just add this. I think you guys knew the call of God. Mm, and you did. know when you're committed, you just have to do it. You have to. It doesn't matter the ridicule you get. It doesn't matter yeah. the persecution. You know, we had to do it. Well, I can say this, the criticism about being responsible to your kids, you've got two awesome daughters. We do, and that's a both, miracle. Who are both serving the Lord yes. right now. Yes. And so Amen. to those who think that that's a detriment, when you follow Jesus no. with your whole heart and do it with, it, with simplicity and love, your, your children will catch it. They did, and they did. And you know what? We were not ever able to give them the material things that our other children yeah, had. Yeah. We weren't able, we don't, aren't leaving them anything except probably our Bibles and a little <laughs> bit of fake jewelry. But we've left them through Jesus's provision a legacy. Yeah. And they exactly. are doing it now. And you know what? It wasn't us. It was not Mark and I because we did not know how to raise children, as you know. Right. Who does? But Jesus <laughs> did it. Yeah. And the girls are so in love with him today yeah. and serving him. That's beautiful. So you get past the giving everything up phase. Right. Which, you know, it's just, it's just hard. It's right. not unspiritual. It's just a hard thing. You're saying goodbye to a lot of things, memories, right. friends. And you're making that big step. Yes. And so what was it like, that transition for you guys in getting there? Well, when we arrived, it really hit us. Wow. Here we are. Yes. And we stayed in one place for six years. And those six years were actually more pruning in so many ways for us, getting us ready for the next big move, which we're was to the country where we've been in for the past 17 years. Right. The first place we were in for six years, God did so much. We, Do you want me to say what we did? Or a couple of highlights. Just highlights. Well, yeah. we helped a humanitarian company business. Yep. But more than, and send goods all over the world, but more than that <laughs> is we started doing a little house group in our home full of young people. Mm -hmm. And again, of course, Mark just shared the Holy Spirit. And we felt that's what we were meant to do mm -hmm. is because many people knew Jesus, but they did not know the Holy Spirit. Right. I remember that. I remember some of the struggles you had with that too. And we, again, a lot of opposition came at us that how dare you speak about the Holy Spirit. That is something of the past. And we could not stay wow. true to what they were saying. We said, no, the Holy Spirit is for today and if we don't have the holy spirit we cannot move yeah, forward yeah. and we so we became known as the holy spirit people there <laughs> and we didn't it wasn't us it was the holy spirit yeah. again he used two very weak vessels mark and me but because we are so weak, I believe he infused us so much with the Holy right. Spirit. And you'd learn to depend upon him. Yes. And your faith and just and showed. And so God, God just started uh, doing radical things in our home in this place. I remember people getting delivered and set free and oh my gosh, story after story. And uh, we, we trained people. We also ended up training people there um, in that country to to do ministry, to do hands-on ministry. Right, right. Um, they knew the word, but they were, they were not at that 
They weren't getting activated. They weren't getting activated. So we felt that is what we were meant to do. And we started activating people. And well, we didn't, Jesus did, but he used two crazy people to do so. So we spent those six years there. And during this amazing time of watching God activate people and the Holy Spirit come in power, we also got pruned very much by Jesus. Always. And I think that's what we've really had to learn is we have to decrease so he can increase. And sometimes I do tend to stamp my foot, as you well know. No, God, no, God. But at the end, I always go, okay, have your way. And so finally, six years later, Mark said to me, we're being called into this country. And I can't give you that name. And I said, where? And he told me the name of the city. And I was like, no ways. That's not even got a Starbucks. <laughs> and I'm an addict for Starbucks. I'll tell you that. Or for coffee. It doesn't have to be Starbucks. But they didn't even drink coffee there then in right, this place. Right, right. Um, and I, he said, let's just go and look. And we went and looked. We didn't speak the language. We had, by this stage, two children. We had right. our, our second daughter. She was three and our eldest by now was nine. And um, we went to this country for a weekend, and I said, no ways. I can't stay here. Not in the, the country. I love the country, but I could not stay in that city. It, to me, was horrific. Yeah. And my husband did not pressure me. He said, okay, let's just give, I'm, just, I'm not going to push you. We went back to our other country, and during that time, God started working in my heart. And we went back again for one more weekend to check the land out. Again, remember, we knew no one except one person. We did not speak the language. And we were going into a small city of 10 million with two children, aged three and nine. When we went on that second weekend trip to scout it out, God spoke to me incredibly, incredibly loudly. And that's another story I'm not going to share, but I knew as I knew. Mm-hmm. I could not disobey. Yeah. And so I said yes, and very soon after that we moved with two children, husband and I, dear lady who was like a spiritual grandmother to us, yeah. and mentor. Yeah. She came and helped us make that transition Yeah, I remember. And we started living a life that I can only say was by the grace of God. And again, we saw the Lord move day in and day out miraculously. There were highs, there were lows, but he never left us. And he is so faithful and he gave us a heart for the city. And our heart is still broken for this city. And that is where we believe we belong forever. We had the opportunity of becoming mother and father to many, many people in that city. Yeah, yep, I saw it. And yep, activate, God <laughs> allowed us to activate them into ministry. They went through Bible schools. They graduated, they started, and now we've got, there's so many of those young locals leading places and highly anointed. 
and doing far better than we're going to ever do. Yeah. And that's what we were called to do is to raise hand over the baton and see people do greater works. I've always felt the mark of a leader is what happens when you leave? Yeah. Have you led well enough that others catch it and they actually start doing that themselves? Maybe a little different with their mm -hmm. own style, but that's fine. But they've actually caught the passion and just like parents raising our kids, yeah. right? Same thing, you know, we yeah. want them mature, they're on their own, they're taking care of themselves. Yeah. They don't need us like they used to, but we're still in relationship with them, but it's Very a total different, so. total different thing. And I do want to say one thing that God did there was he didn't just use Mark and I. We were a team, we had a team. Mm -hmm. and we had another couple that worked with us mm -hmm. day in and day out. Yeah. And we learned to do team ministry, and that was so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer of not a one-man show, but team ministry. Yeah. Yeah. And we were blessed with the most enormously loving, amazing team. So, Francesca, and um, when you guys left, what, what's still there? What have you left behind? that you would say, you can say, this is the free, this is what God has done. Mm. This is some of our legacy there. Well, we've left a church. And um, the church is run by an awesome team. And we have left a lot of people who are not working in our church, but 